Welcome to YMBA, a podcast brought to you by UCLA Anderson. I'm your host, Alex Grodnick. Today's podcast is all about passion and the importance of detecting shifts in the market. Our guest today, Jenny Chen, a graduate from both UCLA undergrad and Anderson, will take us through exactly how she was able to foresee the decline of print media and how her time at Anderson gave her the confidence and wherewithal to shift careers and power forward to where she is now. Without further ado. Hi, my name is Jenny Chen and I am SVP of brand content and creative at Mirad Skincare, which is a Unilever prestige brand. Thanks for joining me here today, Jenny. I'm excited to speak with you. To kick us off, can you further describe your role and outline some of your main responsibilities? So in this role, I actually take care of all of the consumer-facing brand moments, meaning everything from digital and social to content. And we also have a editorial function at Murad. Um, There is a digital magazine called Well Connected, where we strive for journalistic quality stories um, about science-backed wellness, which is part of our founder's vision when he conceived of trying to find everybody's total skin health in their own way. So that includes mind, body, food, and skin. Because, you know, as I'm sure everybody knows, if you have acne, it's not just about taking Accutane or putting on retinol. It's also about how you sleep and what you eat. So with all of this branding in mind, our team puts out any content and creative for the entire brand. It works across departments from e-commerce to national sales to international to the global digital and social function. So any consumer facing touch point. I love that holistic approach. Now you were not always on the brand side. Where did you start your career? In the first 10 years of my career, I was a journalist. I was in editorial. So I was an editor most recently before Anderson, actually, at the LA Times Sunday Magazine. And when I was a journalist, I was always covering style and fashion and beauty. So when the world of print journalism started to die around, I would say, you know, 2008, probably even before that, that's when I realized that this industry is not ever going to be the same. And it's not, sadly, enough. And it makes me sad still to this day, like 12 years later, I'm still sad that print journalism doesn't exist in a way that it used to, because I'm a magazine person. You know, I love magazines. I love the tactile feeling of magazines. I love the 3,000, 4,000 words, deeply reported stories. I love the layouts of the page. I love all of that. And unfortunately, that doesn't exist anymore. You ask any 20-something on the street, and you almost have to ask them, like, yeah, do you know, you know, like, the New Yorker was a thing? You know, like, the Atlantic was a thing. So unfortunately, that didn't, that doesn't exist the way that it used to back in the day when I was a journalist. And I quickly started finding out that brands were, because of the advent of digital, um, brands were able to communicate with consumers um, directly. Back then for me, it was readers, but now I say consumers. So they were able to communicate with consumers more directly, which is why I contemplated making the switch to the the brand side. As a a writer, as a journalist, as an editor, um, you know, I don't think people take you quite seriously that you could actually help move the business, you know, move the needle of the business help it grow to whatever goals that are required from your corporate parents that year. So that's another reason why I went to business school because I was purely a creative before, like a writer and an editor. So that's what led me into Anderson. And then from Anderson, because of my journalism background, I actually knew the founders of Smashbox Cosmetics, which is a big brand here in LA. And they had just been acquired by the Estee Lauder companies, which owns more than 
than 30 prestige brands. So I worked on the Smashbox brand and then overall Estee Lauder companies for nearly eight years. So it was kind of like a, like a roundabout way into getting on the brand side, but I guess I always have been in the beauty industry. Wow, what a journey. Before we dissect that turning point in your career, where did you work when you were a journalist? First, actually, I worked at Variety, which is the entertainment trade publication. I'm, I'm sure anybody who went to Anderson knows what that is, just being in L.A. But again, same thing, right? Like back then, Variety was the publication of all trade publications. Like if you worked in the industry, the entertainment industry, you had to read Variety. And for Variety, I covered the same thing, though. I covered uh, fashion, beauty, and style. So um, I guess most closely related to the entertainment industry itself, I would be interviewing like costume designers. Um, you know, people who had partnerships with brands and new line launches from people in the industry, the passions of people who work in the industry. So um, that was actually my first um, editorial job out of undergrad UCLA. Okay, great. So Jenny, I now love to dig deeper into this transition from print to digital and how you decided to make this pivot. Is there a specific moment where you remember that shift happening and your decision to leave journalism behind? There was a moment at Variety, actually, because um, I worked at Variety for four years, and then I went to a smaller local luxury lifestyle publication called Angelino, and then I went to the LA Times. So there was a moment at Variety where I remember the tide sort of shifting. Like, Variety was the place where you, you would get all of your entertainment news, all of it. Like, there was no other place because it didn't, online didn't exist, you know? Um, I, I mean, it did to an extent, but it was still slow, and it wasn't, it wasn't nearly anywhere remotely close to what we have um, now. So... I remember, and it was a big deal that Indiana Jones was going to come back for the fourth installment. This is such a random story, but literally like it sticks out in my head as the one thing that I remember that made me decide like, oh crap, this is not, this industry is not going to be, print journalism isn't going to be around for very much longer. So Friday was the place that broke all the news of all the castings and of all the movies coming out. And I remember like um, Paramount had just um, decided that there was going to be an Indiana Jones 4 I don't know how old you are, but that was a big deal back in the day that Harrison Ford was going to come back and all that stuff, right? So Variety normally would have broken that news, but then Paramount released it directly on their website. And everybody in the newsroom was like all up in arms of like, wait, what? You know, we, we, we break those stories. Like, you know, people come to us for that information. But instead, Paramount broke the story itself on its website. So... I, you know, that that's a pretty huge sign that digital is going to allow for brands or companies or studios, whatever it is, to be able to communicate directly to the readers. So that, that that's really what um, sparked me wanting to go to the brand side. And when I was on the brand side, I knew it was going to be something about branding or digital or um, social, just because that was the most closely related to what I had done before. Wow, Jenny, it's so impressive that you were able to see how the market was trending and just leap towards this new opportunity. I feel like a lot of people stick to their current career paths and convince themselves, almost like a prison sentence, that they are stuck there for the rest of their lives. There's a tremendous benefit in being able to not only see trends happening in the market, but also having the courage and confidence in your own abilities to shift gears. I'm curious, how did your time at Anderson prepare you for this shift in your career? And do you still carry lessons learned from business school with you today? 
Oh my God. Yeah. So many, like the two years at Anderson were absolutely probably the hardest in my life. Um, but also some of the best I still, you would, what am I at? Like it's been like 12 years now since, since I, um, uh, graduated from Anderson and I still keep in touch with so many of the people. Um, and some of them are my closest friends and I've been to weddings around the world, um, for, for Anderson folks, um, Andrew weddings as we call them. Um, it's just like the, the relationships that you form there. And then in terms of the actual work, like I, I can, I can honestly say that I don't think I truly understood what the word strategy meant. I mean, I know that's such a small thing, but I don't think I understood what the word strategy meant before Anderson and all of the million case studies that you have to do in classes. It puts you into that mindset of just thinking from the 3000 mile up level versus, you know, a daily tactical execution of um, whatever thing that you might be working on. So I think strategic thinking, resourcefulness, two of the biggest things that Anderson taught me. And then also just like the relationships, all relationships that were formed were, I mean, to this day, incredibly impactful and important. I totally agree. That 30,000 foot strategic thinking is so useful. I'd love to get back to your current position. As you mentioned, you head up brand content and creative. Is there a recent project that you launched which you can share with us? We worked on this campaign actually with a uh, what you might call a famous TikToker. For everyone who doesn't know about prestige skincare, which I imagine is a huge part of the audience that listens to this podcast, beauty runs on social media. So I'm sure several, at least a few people have heard of the, the cultural trend like TikTok made me buy it. That's a thing. <laughs> That's actually a thing. Um, so we partnered with a celebrity, I guess, if you will, TikToker, like a, and they're called Derm Talks, which is a combination of the word dermatologist and TikToker to create a product, to create an eye mask, actually. And that's been a really great campaign because we've been able to also pull in the fact that she is known for her Korean skincare tips too. Because again, if you're familiar at all with beauty, you know that Korean beauty is a huge thing. So the combination of having her as a dermatologist, TikToker, and the fact that she's Korean, we've been able to pull off a really fun campaign with cool activations, like having a mailer that's Korean skincare themed, um, an event in New York that's coming up in a couple of weeks, and just partnering with a bunch of her TikTok friends and talking about the product. So that's been a pretty fun campaign over the past, I would say, two months. It's a new world. You know, there's a lot of discussion now about how differently Gen Z and the younger generations think and see the world. How do you get yourself into that headspace and manage to stay on top of all these new social trends? I'm a media junkie. Absolutely. Like since even when I was, you know, I remember in elementary school watching CNN, for example, right? So, so I'm a media junkie and I always have been. So um, in that sense, not much has changed and that I am just a, like a massive consumer of media. So TikTok, for example, um, this might be a little crazy to some people, but it's not for people on my social team and on my influencer team. We all have multiple TikTok accounts and multiple, um, Instagram accounts. So you follow different brands and different types of industries on each accounts. And then the algorithm will serve you different, content and different influencers and new things on the for you page and new things on the discover page and to stay on top of it honestly you're just in it all day long you're just constantly in it um you read or i do at least and i know certain members of my team do as, as well you just read all of the trade publications like we're 
voraciously. So there's Glossy and Women's Wear Daily and Wired and Fast Company. And of course, like the lures and the refineries and the Vogue's of the world, you're just constantly consuming media, whether that's on your um, social platforms or um, through the digital, um, the, the websites of uh, editorial publications and hope for the best from there. <laughs> I love it. Get absorbed, be obsessed. What is the saying? Being good at something requires motivation. Being great requires obsession. If you look into it, how does one get to the top of any field and continue to stay relevant? The short answer, as you just exemplified, is to quite simply constantly be doing whatever your specific discipline is. If you're a writer, constantly be writing. A basketball player, constantly practicing, studying the game, and being open to change. Are there other skills that you still use day-to-day that you learned while getting your MBA? On the day-to-day, yeah, absolutely. Like the core marketing course, the brand management course that I took, I still remember the three C's and the four P's, right? Like the three C's being customer, company, and um, competition. And that's still valid to this day because believe it or not, there are people who work in the brand management world who don't, for example, think about competitors on the everyday. And that is something that I absolutely still think about because it's burned, it's etched into my brain from Anderson you know? Yes. You can't forget the competitors. There's huge learning opportunities that can be gained from studying other companies or individuals in your industry. Now, speaking of competition, being a woman and an Asian American, I'm curious if you have any specific advice for other minorities and those who belong to groups that have historically faced discrimination. There's things that you can do inside of work as an Asian female, as a woman of color. But then I also have recently come to find that it is equally important to use whatever leadership skills um, and whatever leadership position that you occupy outside of work, too. Um, because that's where the policies are set. That's where the people are, the people you vote for are setting your daily public policies that involve day-to-day life. So um, in terms of advice at at work, within work, um, you know, I'm sure everybody has heard that saying of like, if you're the first, second, third, whatever person in the room to do X, you better not be the last. So that means you keep the door open for everybody who is like you, um, or perhaps has even more challenges that they face to open for, for them. And then also mentor them and make sure that they're heard and that they have space at the table. Um, and yeah, just making sure that you keep the door open for others and calling out things that don't seem right, not feeling like you shouldn't because, you know, otherwise you'll be called the B word as a woman or, you know, especially as an Asian female, I think there's absolutely still the stereotype that you're not supposed to act in a bolder way or more direct way. So, you know, basically just throwing out all of the stereotypes and not being afraid to take up space at work and outside of work, if there's some way to just get involved in the community and somehow be civically engaged to make sure that the proper people that you believe will do right for your community are elected to positions of power, I would say those are uh, equally important at work and outside of work. Great advice, Jenny. I'm sensing a strong theme with you here, and that's your ability to involve yourself completely in the issues and work which interest you. You don't just work your nine to five and hang up your hard hat. You continue to consume media, stay on top of the latest trends and push for progress in the workplace and in all sectors of your life. Last question here. If you could go back and give your younger self advice, what would it be? 
I would tell younger me that try not to worry about what's going to happen five years in the future. If you are good right in this moment and you like what you're doing and you like the people that you are working with and can feel good about the work and feel proud of the work that you're putting out there and of course working hard and whatnot, that's enough. That's enough. There, there's nothing you can control about what happens to the industry or what happens to your career five, five years, two, three, five, whatever, five years down the line. Because also so much of it is about timing and luck too, you know, and luck being like the intersection of opportunity and being, having the capabilities to take that opportunity. So that's what I would tell younger anyone actually is like, it's so hard, especially when you're younger, but you know, try not to worry about what's going to happen two, three, four, five years from now with your career. Be in the moment. What better way to end such an enlightened conversation than with this sage advice? As Jenny took us through her journey, we also learned about how in order to be the best at anything, you have to be obsessed. By engulfing yourself within your field, you will also have better insight into shifting trends and the ability to know when a career pivot might be necessary. Jenny was able to time this shift perfectly as she transitioned from print media to digital and brand marketing. She also had the foresight to know what she didn't know, a blind spot that many fall into. She knew that in order to give this career change the highest chance of success, she was going to need further education. And it was at her time at Anderson that she learned the fundamental skills that propelled her into her current position today. Last, but certainly not least, Jenny talked about her work and passion for eliminating discrimination and prejudice in the workplace. Her method of approach for this was along the same lines that she leads the rest of her life with. And that is head first, all encompassing, and giving 110%. This means that just like in her career, The work does not stop when she leaves the office. She continues to pursue with fervor and resilience at every opportunity. I recently heard a quote that I think embodies this episode and I think will act as the perfect conclusion. Use the weekend to build the life you want instead of trying to escape the life you have. That's it for season three. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for updates on season four of YMBA and many great stories to come. Also, check out Anderson on social media at UCLA Anderson.